The show where the truth is written by the winners. Your grains of truth today. The hat that has its own kids show is Fedora the Explorer. Let it sink in. <laughs> now do it in Spanish. Cuero y hato de Fedora. Is it Fedora Conquistador? (laughs) 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 Is that what Explorer means? Uh, It does now. Why not? A vegetable patch is useful when you're trying to quit vegetables. The sports car that's made out of chocolate and coconut is the Ferrari Rocher. And (laughs) the mythical creature who makes snappy comebacks is the Sasquatch. Oh. Hey. To introduce our panelists for the episodes of our resident scorekeepers, the Boffins! On today's panel from Charles Sturt University, Wagga Wagga Campus representing heroes, it's Rob Lloyd! Oh my god! I love it! <laughs> <Poison>. <laughs> from the University of Tasmania, campus representing monsters, it's Scott Backertier. From Murdoch University, Perth campus, representing the zoo, it's Michelle Nutty. And from Deakin University, Burwood campus, representing classic film, it's Liam Amor. Oh, wait, that's me? (laughs) The rules of greater truth are simple. Points are awarded to the panellists for their responses to ridiculously absurd questions, scenarios, and topics that I give. Whoever has the most points wins the coveted Grain of Truth prize, which this week is the Lonely Carbon. It hasn't dated in a while. Hey. Oh, hey. Is it like, is it, a carbon, is it a carbon atom or is it like the insert so that you only write on two pieces of paper at once? When I wrote it, I imagined the inanimate carbon rod from the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, okay, yep. spaceship. Yep, okay, oh, like, I'm on board. The rod. Um, he's a national hero. <laughs> he indeed, indeed. In my country, it is simply a good car. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thank you. I am here all week. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. Great. Now, before we begin the quiz, here's a small <laughs> challenge for everybody. Can you name the grain of truth that connects all four of our panellists' topics? That's heroes, monsters, the zoo, and classic film when we come to the answer at the end. But I will give you a clue. How laborious. Ooh. So there's your clue again. How laborious. But we'll start with round one, which is called Right Said Ted. Each panellist must deliver a 90-second Ted-style presentation relating to a theme. At 60 seconds, they'll hear this noise. And at 90 seconds, they'll hear this noise, at which they must, you know, just stop for a bit. Um, whoever <laughs> uses their special skills to present on the theme the best will get the points. Uh, the theme of this TED presentation is ancient history. So we're going to start with Rob Lloyd, who's representing heroes, to talk about ancient history. Rob, your time begins 
of them. I'm going to look at one of my heroes from ancient history, but it's ancient Australian history. So if we're looking at like the small time that it's been colonised, I'm going to look at one of my heroes from that time, which is Governor Lachlan Macquarie, who was uh, the governor of New South Wales between 1810 and 1821. And he was awesome. I studied him in high school, and he's one of my favourite figures of Australian history ever. Um, he's known as the father of Australia. He was very progressive. He was a conservative, but he was very, very progressive in his views, and he caused a lot of outrage because of what he brought uh, to, to the country. And he's influences still felt today. Um, he scandalised settlers by allowing uh, emancipists or ex-convicts to hold positions of power and he wanted them to be a part of the nation where opposed to those free settlers who got there always wanted to have this divide. Um, and so he made ex-convicts people like architects, surgeons and even a magistrate. Um, uh, he, however, keeping his conservative nature, he demanded that they go to church regularly and that they uh, strongly encourage um, Anglican marriage. So he was progressive not completely. Um, he expon uh, sponsored exploring, so some of our biggest uh, exploration during the time was of Lachlan Macquarie. Um, and uh, also, uh, he's the first one to use Australia in an official uh, statement as well. So he's known as the father of Australia, and that's on his tombstone in Scotland. And also, there's a documentary about him narrated by David Tennant. So if you want to hear something smug and uh, <laughs> condescending, listen to that. So that's Lachlan Macquarie, my hero from Australian history. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Lloyd! <laughs> I presume he was one of the first superheroes to actually wear a cape yeah. as well. Yes, he was. That yes, does, he was. That but he got sense. caught in a plane and then he was <coughs> destroyed by Kryptonite. Anywho, <laughs> where did the oh, plane sorry, come I'm, from? I'm sorry, I've confused you, have I? Yeah, but when was he like? Uh, I assumed he was like in the 19th century, but if there was a plane, he must have been like modern. Is that why he's buried in Scotland? Because he got. Like pulled by the plane and just yes. okay. Yeah, that's how it I was, was wondering why that. Was. That's what it says on Wikipedia. Nothing on that's wrong, right? Fiddle dee dee. Anyway, so you cut that out part. Oh no, I, I keep it all in. In fact, the next this episode is just going to be all the awkward pauses for thirty minutes. That's why I'm going to edit everything else out. That's awesome. But, Great. <laughs> and all the in jokes as well. They're all just going to be one after the other. Flapjack Thursday. <laughs> yeah! Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> You weren't even on that panel. <laughs> <laughs> All the jokes from other episodes as well. Like, it's actually dogs tied together. <laughs> no one would have believed. Now, anyway. Um, My thyroid. Uh, uh, now, as Rob. Turnips. Oh, back, uh, there you go. Put that on uh, Twitter, all your favourite in-jokes for greater truth. Um... Now, Rob, Australia yes. is full of iconic images, myths and legends. Is there a particular favourite uh, iconic things of Australia or any myths and legends that uh, you grew up with or that, um, that mean something to you? Uh, as a kid, it was uh, Tiddalik, the big frog, who used to who drank all the water and, oh, called, and caused yes. the drought. That was a storybook that I read as a kid, mm. and um, they had to make him sick, so all the animals had to make him sick. So he vomited up all of uh, you know nature back into it. That was mm. all those Dreamtime stories were really cool to hear as a kid. I love the fact that something iconically Australian involved throwing up. It just seems so appropriate. <laughs> yeah, um, as the Les Patterson of, uh, <laughs> of Dreamtime stories. That's true. What about you, Scott? Is there something iconic about Australia or myths and legends that you, the uh, grower, that you will always told and cherished dearly well it's not really one that i was told as a child but there was one when like rob mentioned that he had his australian hero there is an australian like hero that i have which is um Pimulde, the uh aboriginal uh Kuridachi man who launched a war on the colonists 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 thank oh, you colonists. those guys colonists. uh in the colonists. 19th century and they tried to kill him and thought they had killed him three separate times but he kept on coming back and he wouldn't stop attacking the white people well there you go I rem yeah, I remember that. Yeah. 
Yeah. You were there at the time. I was. <laughs> I was. I like the fact that you sounded like someone talking about over breakfast. Oh, I remember him. It was nice. It was such that's, a nice boy. The wonderful thing about him though is that um, <laughs> he was he was heavily disabled when he was born as well. In the, that um, it was quite unusual for, for him to be kept by his tribe, and he ended up being like such a a, a hero and a leader to them. Like yeah. he was physically disabled. Physically disabled. Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, Claudius. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So next week on the topic of ancient history is Scott McAteer representing monsters. And Scott, your time begins then. All right. Now, I've limited myself to the classical period or the time when monsters ruled. Uh, not in a kind of, yay, monsters are great, but in a time where they were actually accepted and ran cities. Uh, Athens had the Furies, which were honoured amongst their citizens because they decided not to kill everyone in Athens. Uh, good for them. Uh, there was the dragon lady, Delphine, who uh, guarded the Oracle of Delphi at Delphi. There was the bronze man, Talus, who defended the gates of Crete. And then there was the Lycaeans, who were a group who were cursed by Zeus to become werewolves because they ate children. Pretty reasonable on Zeus's part. But still, they said, we will form a, 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 our own nation of wolf people and embrace that. And there's one story. And so you had all these different groups of monsters running different cities. And sometimes they encountered each other. Apollonius of Tiana has a particular story about a, a Lycaean who he was looking after who fell in love with a woman. But Apollonius knew that it wasn't a woman. It was actually a Lamia, which is a vampire. She was the Lamia Corinthia, the Lamia of Corinth. And so Apollonius got her to admit that she was a vampire and said, well, look, this guy is a wolf man. And they said, he said to the youth, okay, do you love this woman, even though she's a parasite? And she said, yes, I do. And he asked the woman, do you love this man, do you, even though you want to consume him and he's wild and a beast? And she said, yes, I do. And there the story ends. The rest is lost. But, interesting enough, quite soon after that, there becomes in Greece the legends of the Vrukalakas, which is a strange monster, which is a hybrid of a werewolf <gasps> and a vampire. <gasps> Perhaps in ancient times, two monsters found love against all the rules. Aww. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott McAteer. They still ate people. <laughs> Just when I close, they found love, but they still they, ate people. They still destroy people. Yeah, I see a lot like, more but people. Together, they kill people together. Oh. 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 Um, I like. I just like how you introduce him. It was like you're at a party, <laughs> so she's a vampire. This guy's a wolfman. Wolf I was just uh, thinking it was either that or it was a trailer to a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you get? He's <laughs> 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 a wolf. Is it just a normal-looking person who likes to suck hairballs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, by the way, uh, just uh, for, just so you're aware, Alia eight oh one on Twitter uh, mentions Rockstar. As uh, an in joke from the very first episode oh, of Great Oh, Truth. Rockstar! <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Uh, but moving on. Um, now, Scott, here's a question. Um, if you lived anywhere in ancient times, so this is open to the panel, where would you actually like to uh, revel around and live about in? Ooh, somewhere with good sewerage. Uh, <laughs> that's I'd, actually I'd quite important. Ancient times. I would actually say Mesopotamia and Abys or Abyssinia because they seem to have a good handle on things. <laughs> I want to go, go on holidays with you. <laughs> Where do you want to go? You want to see the sights? You want to see the... Let's go where there's good sewage. Good sewage. Uh, otherwise, we're just going to spend the entire time pooping. 
pooping, Rob. You just spat everywhere when you pooping. said that. This is the most beautiful. Mo- Someone take a photo of this, please. Oh. <laughs> it's the water stuck in my fantastic moustache. Oh. <laughs> We've all been there. Well, we hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. And moving on. Our next speaker is Michelle Nussi, representing the zoo, to present on the theme of ancient <clears throat> history. Nussi, your time starts now. Thank you, David. Um, okay, so I decided I had two choices for ancient history with the zoo. There's either ancient history of zoos in Australia or ancient history of zoos altogether. So I've gone with ancient history of zoos in Australia, which is 153 years ago. All right, so just stick with me. Um, so similarly to Rob, I'm going for the Australian history of the zoo. The very first zoo in Australia was Melbourne Zoo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> T- take that, everyone else. Um, we locked them up before anyone. <laughs> yeah, um, and it was 153 years ago, so it's 153 years old. And originally, it was uh, built for the settlers coming over, and they were like, hmm, this place isn't like England. You know what we should do? Make it more like England. How hard could that be? <laughs> I'm sure evolution's got nothing on us. Um, <laughs> so what they did was they built a zoo in order to bring... Wait, I've written it down. Rabbits, deer, and pheasants for release. So they were going to breed them in the zoo and then release them into the Australian outback and be like, great, now we live in England. Um, So that was the original plan for the zoo and then it kind of, uh, you know, changed and evolved. Um, But one of the most um, famous animals at the zoo, this was a little bit later, uh, was 1901, I think, early 1900s, uh, was Molly the orangutan. You might have heard of Molly before. Um, she (laughs) She was kept in quite a small cage because back then it wasn't about hey let's keep an animal here and look after it it was about you can look at the animal and the animal needs to be where we can see it but she uh because orangutans are really smart she used to get food from um people they'd give her food like sweets and all that kind of stuff Uh, and she'd smoke so she drank alcohol she smoked cigarettes and because she could light her own cigarettes she often lit her bedding on fire (laughs) So, so yeah, like she'd us. be like, I don't need you. I can light my own cigarettes. Oh, God, my bedding. And she actually burnt down half of her wooden enclosure and they, they built her a cement one. Aww. So there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Nussi. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, Nussi, if you had access throughout history, um, you know, for your own personal gain, if you could think of any animal you would like to keep as a pet, uh, anywhere across the world, uh, what would you like to keep? Oh, it's really, that's tough. It's tough, like, keeping an animal as a pet, I mm. think, because there's a whole bunch of issues there, mm. which aren't funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, maybe so, had a no, big feel. So, so, well, no, so I if guess had a big if, if I could go back... <laughs> that fixes it, right? Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I could go back in time and see, like, I think there's a lot of amazing animals that, have, that are now extinct. Mm. So for me, I wouldn't necessarily want to keep it as a pet, but I would love to go back and be able to see these animals somehow. Because um, when you go back in time, I think people, things can't touch you. Is that how it works? Pretty much. No, Great. No, 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 no. Um, so Unless you're like David Tennant, and you can just kiss everything. Yeah. Everything. The lost realm. Wow, just David Tennant sounds amazing. <laughs> um, so, for example, like the uh, Tasmanian tiger would be yeah. fantastic to see. Mm. Um, uh, like even something like the dodo, I would love to see the dodo. Or all of the other tigers that are um, now extinct. Like there's eight, but... Four of them are already extinct. Was the Tasmanian tiger died because of us? Did we do that? I yeah. would. Ass- I'm pretty sure we've done everything. <laughs> oh, okay. I think right, just yeah. generally assume that we've done something. There's yeah. going to be but something. But yeah, I think it was hunted and stuff like that. Oh. In the future, there's going to be some experiment which 
drives a meteor back in time and kills the dinosaur, and it's going to be our fault as well. <laughs> yes. uh, I will be like, oh crap, we did that too. <laughs> we did that too. It's all us. You're talking about orangutans. Do you see in the news this week there was the uh, the orangutan in the Perth Zoo that yeah. got out of its enclosure, yeah. and everyone just started filming and taking photos. It's just they're having a good time. Yeah, and the little kids went up and patted it on the head. Aww. Orangutans. Now, okay, orangutans. Are ten adult male orangutans are up to ten times the strength. No, yeah, of an adult man. So they are as strong as ten adult men. They will rip your arms off and not realise that's what they're doing. Don't pat it on the head. But it was weak. It was, it, was, yeah. it was weakened from years of smoking and drinking. Yeah. <laughs> but the funny that's thing fair was, enough then. The funny thing was, people were going up to the people at the zoo going, there's, a, there's an orangutan loose. And they went, yeah, sure. And they, went, they had to show the footage on the phone. They went, oh, okay, you're not just punking us. Okay. Yeah, you know, that happened in Melbourne Zoo. Years ago, I'm not sure when it was, but um, a, a gorilla got out. Yakini, and was walking up the main drive and someone went, oh, there's a gorilla out. And everyone thought, you know, I don't know if you know Melbourne Zoo, they've got the flags down main drive. Someone thought that they'd seen one of those and went, oh, oh they think it's a gorilla. And then they went out and it was a gorilla. Just going for a walk. That's how I imagine they'd want. <laughs> Our final speaker is Liam Amor, representing Classic Film, to present on the theme of ancient history. Uh, Liam, your time begins now. Come with me now as we peel back the mists of time, like some sort of sticky wet curtain, (coughs) as we explore the ancient history of classic cinema. Born from an unholy union of (laughs) optical toys, highly flammable celluloid, engineering, popcorn and science. Yes, the moving image swiftly became the soup de jour of the 1800s. The race to invent cinematography began with Edweird Muybridge in 1878. His pioneering work in the photographic studies of motion meant that he could watch naked men and women flop and bounce around his zoetrope with gay abandon. Science! (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant bully boy Thomas Edison soon muscles his way in and goes toe-to-toe with the hairy Frenchman Etienne Marais to patent the first moving picture camera. It all ends in tears and years of blanking at each other at parties. In 1895, French brain boxers and brothers Auguste and Louis Lumaire screened their short film, The Arrival of the Train at La Cotette Station, in an, to an unsuspecting audience. So overwhelmed were they by the sight of a life-size train coming directly at them that people screamed and ran to the back of the room, mainly because most of them had forgotten to touch on before they had arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever public interest has peaked, porn- pornography is never far behind, and soon swarthy sailors and reprobates would flock around tiny peep shows to watch trains plunge into tunnels, <laughs> reverse slowly, then plunge in again. Yeah. All harmless, steamy fun. <laughs> but perhaps the biggest setback to the development of early films was the tightly controlled, omniscient presence of the French craze for miming. Yes, this soundless art form permeated every aspect of the motion picture industry and was forbidden to utter any words in the film lest the cinematic union of organised mime break your legs, <laughs> albeit in a comical way with a painted face. This stranglehold was finally broken in 1927 when Al Jolson accidentally painted his face black instead of white and thought, fuck it, I'm going to sing. <laughs> <laughs> the effect was earth-shattering. Mimes were banished and the sound era had truly began. Sadly, that's when the racists took over Hollywood, but that's a tale for another time. Yeah. Thank you. Can, can our theme next month be racist so we can hear the rest of that story? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what a terrible hope. idea. <laughs> uh, I, I believe that's just the theme of Australia at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Now, yeah. Buddy oh, Macquarie. Oh, that was supposed to be funnier than it was. No, uh, that no was, it's too nothing, true to be funny. Too, too there's real. That's funny about that, it. At that's the why we never talk politics here. But anyway. Um, hey, we'll, turnip. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Good times. <laughs> He's brought it back. Huh? Uh, there we go. Um, now, James Bond. 
Now, Liam, no doubt you've been, and in fact, everyone on the panel's always been asked uh, what's a film they would recommend. Uh, can you please tell us, uh, this question to the panel, starting with Liam, what's a film that no one should ever, ever have uh. to sit through? What is a film uh, that no one, please, you, you had to watch it and you want to make sure nobody else ever watches it ever again? Liam. Siesta. <laughs> 1987 film with a soundtrack by Miles Davis <laughs> starring someone. <laughs> it, it, it robbed me of the will to live <laughs> at wow. that time. I thought it was going to be cool and sassy and full of, you know, all the things that a teenager wants to see. Mm. And it, I went in there and it was, just, it was just the opposite of that. It was just meandering, boring, a bit like this anecdote. <laughs> I feel like I've seen it already <laughs> Nussie, is there a film that you would hope Never, no one should ever, ever sit down and watch oh, there's, a, there's a film, I was just trying to think of what it's called There's a, an Australian film that we found My friend and I Because my dad uh, collected laser discs like, yes. you know, Yeah, right you know, He you couldn't know those, play them, he just collected he them He just <laughs> loved them, he made houses out of them <laughs> you, know, like, you know those things in technology Where if you invest too quickly They, they disappear yeah. really yeah. quickly Laser discs obviously, obviously one of those But dad was like, wow, all these people are selling all these laser discs really cheap I'm going to buy them all So he had all these laser discs and we found, So we'd find these random movies in there And there's this Australian film, and I can't think of what it's called And um, it was so bad It was about these teenagers, right? And um, they had they had scenes like there was a scene where this girl, this blonde girl, was on the bonnet of a car, and the car was trying to drive and get her off, right? Yeah. But like from close up, you'd have her face being all like, oh, oh. but then from far away, it was a man in a dress with a blonde wig, <laughs> and you could tell that he had dark hair, and he was wasn't even trying to act; he was just holding on to the car, and it was trying to throw him off. And there were lines like. The, there were these teenagers and there was two girls and a bunch of guys and the girls were all like, I know, we'll get the guys to like us by sleeping with them because that's like it's of that era. And um, that's how so, I got through high school. There you go. Were you the girl or the guy? It doesn't matter. Anyway, he was the and um, um, anyway, and so there's these two friends and one of them was like, oh, I'm going to go sleep with them. And she was like, oh, but I've only got one. I've only got one because she was going to sleep with all of the guys because they're friends. <laughs> and she went, I've only got one condom. And the friend went, it's okay. They'll share their friends. I know what it is. What? It's, it's Picnic and Hang Rock. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen it. I've seen it. And then they took off their gloves. <laughs> uh, uh, what about you, Rob? Is there a film no one should ever watch ever? Two words. Biodome. It's a film starring Paulie Shaw, Stephen Baldwin, Kylie Minogue. It is Kylie Minogue's in it? Kylie Minogue's in it. And um, William Atherton from... Uh, Ghostbusters and Die Hard is in it, and it is the worst film I have ever seen. It is disgustingly bad. Then there's every single Adam Sandler film as well. Yeah. That's very true. Oh, come on. <laughs> we'll have to what about that Pixels? Pixels is great, surely. <laughs> yeah, there hasn't been any controversy about Pixels. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Scott? Is there a film that no one should ever watch ever? Or There's one film, but it comes with a caveat. Uh, because this, this happened to me as a child. Uh, when I was a little boy, I watched uh, the 80s horror film Night of the Scarecrow, which is about um, a disabled man who gets uh, murdered by a group of um, rednecks next while he's hiding in a scarecrow. And then the scarecrow goes and kills everyone who hurt him. But I was watching it. We taped it off the TV. 
in those days. Have you heard of these things these, called these TVs? Taping did, did off the TV. Tape it onto a videotape? On a VHS video. We thought about getting a Betamax, <laughs> but we've decided they were more shit than laser discs. Um, <laughs> it's probably so lucky. It, it gets to the very end where the scarecrow turns his head and he's about to reveal whether or not he actually was a supernatural monster or he was that boy who got murdered. And then it cut out. Oh, no. No. And for the rest of my life, I don't know how and that no way ends. And fi- there's no way of finding out now. <laughs> <laughs> there was some sort of internet. There, there some is, sort of information. There is now, but in my day, in my day, <laughs> there wasn't, except for the video store, maybe. I didn't think of that. <laughs> Had no one else ever watched the film? Well, it's become such a part of my life that I don't know how this film ends. I'm frightened of that, knowing. No, that's fair enough. I yeah. don't want to know. <laughs> it's become more film than man. <laughs> <It is. gasps> Vicious. It's called Vicious. Vicious. Just came to me. And it's written, I think... Never watch it. Don't watch Vicious. Unless, I mean, watch unless you find that really funny. The bad guy had like emphysema. As soon as he became bad, suddenly he was like... <gasps> he didn't actually have it. He just sounded like it. Oh, yeah. When he became bad. Like fake mm, emphysema. Michael yeah. Wincott? Is that the guy that always talks oh, like I this? Love Michael when Wincott. he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm so film. bad, I'm going to cough. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm okay. It's my acting. 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 But we digress. Now, it's the the end of the round, so it's our time for a score update from the Boffins. Boffins. Yes, thank you, David. According to the Grain of Truth cartoon series, uh, Liam has taken the lead with an inanimate carbon rod. Yay! Okie dokie. Now, the next round is the analysis and application round. So our panel is divided into teams of two and must apply their skills to an application task. Thank you for confirming, Rob. (laughs) Much appreciated. Uh, Scott and Rob, Uh uh, I'll need you to tell me about these common household items and what they would be called if they were in the worlds of science fiction. So what would be the science fiction-y version of these uh, common household objects? So the first one is the comb. Combs are redundant in the 21st, 22nd century. <laughs> because everyone is bald. Everyone has realised in the future that baldness is far more sexy and handsome and productive. And so all combs have been relegated to the moon. Yes, they have been. In fact, the entire um, the lake of tranquility is filled with all the combs. We don't call them combs. We call them... <laughs> the past. The past. <laughs> Slides. Yeah. Excellent. What about, slides. <laughs> what about toasters? What are toasters ah, called in the future? We call these apparatus <laughs> heating modules of toasted glory. <laughs> heating modules of toasted glory. It was terrible when they all came to life and achieved sentience and turned against us, wasn't they did, it? And then they sent a toaster back in time. <laughs> they sent a toaster back in time. To toast a, a, a young lady who would give birth to a rebel uh, called uh, John Crumpet. <laughs> John Crumpet, our hero! <laughs> John Crumpet is a hero. Santa, Santa Crumpet. Santa Crumpet. Are you Santa Crumpet? Sorry, sorry. No, no, I'm Sarah Waffle. Sarah Crumpet's next door. I don't care. It's called Terminator 2. Flapjack Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Scott. Nussie and Liam. Yes. I'll be challenging you to carry out these science procedures as if it were an incredibly exciting action film. Yeah. So you need to be... And so I need you to be... Uh, this is the incredibly exciting action film about collecting data and the subsequent analysis of that data. <laughs> so uh, when you're ready, away you go. Dun-dun. 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 
Wednesday. Hi, Jack. Oh, my God, you're here, finally. Of course I'm here. I brought the data. Oh, thank, thank God for that. Quick, put it on the table. It's all on the table, can't you see? Is that all there is? Wait, is that a helicopter? No, it's ticker tape. <laughs> More data. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. This data looks so uh, thick and, and, and meaningful. <laughs> of course it is. That's the only kind of data I would bring you. But wait. Our funding has fallen through. What? Yes, the evil funding lords have taken it from us. And they're after us. We have to get out of here and take the data with us. I should have twigged when, when they called themselves funding lords. <laughs> Damn. All right, quick. You grab that bundle. I'll grab this bundle. I'm going to put it in my uh, crumpler. And, uh, uh, That's and a nice crumpler. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. <laughs> they're, they're really they handy. And you know what? If it ever breaks, they're going to fix it for free. Really? Yeah, for is the rest of my life. It's a lifetime guarantee. Absolutely. Like Tupperware. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I'm gonna put this Get computer. The I'm gonna put the computer on the back of my chopper, by which I mean motorcycle. Yeah. I'm in an action film. Yeah. Wow. How much did you pay for that chopper? Oh, do you like it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? I got it's it off eBay. Hand painted detail down the front. Yeah, actually, I did that. Get the chopper. Get on there! Ladies and gentlemen, nothing. Okay. Thick, uh, thick and meaningful. <laughs> thick and, and meaningful. <laughs> Quick brain, data words. Thick. Damn it, you can do better. Meaningful? I like my data like I like my women. Thick Thick and meaningful. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be my new scruff profile name. (laughs) (laughs) Thick and meaningful. Okay. Robin Scott. I love Robin Scott. Robin Scott. Great actor. She is beautiful. And what films were they in? Robin Scott. Robin she Scott was in uh, Vicious 2. <laughs> the Vicious 2. The Search for More Condoms. More Vicious, more meaningful. Yeah. Vicious 2, The Search for More Condoms. Okay. Uh, you really need it's one. It's on the front of the Listen car. To the story. It's on the front of the car. Quick <laughs> swerve, the condoms will fall off and we can use them. We're all friends here. Um, now it's back over to the Boffins for a score update. Ooh. Boffins. Yes, thank you, David. According to the Grain of Truth Poker Tournament, Nussie is winning with a pair of twos. Oh. Number two. Yeah, two twos. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> two. No, no, please continue the two, two song. Two twos. No, that was it. <laughs> Do you, I, I, I like that you've got a choreographed dance yeah. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. makes it all the better It's a song David, come on be serious Of course <laughs> I have a choreographed dance Do we need to do Backstreet Boys again? <laughs> no, not to the two Everybody. Okay. <clears throat> Everybody Folks, please Spending my head for so long They've been through enough, come on come <laughs> Okay, be grown Serious 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 I'm sorry, I can't get the word poop out of my head Poop, poop, poop Poop. Poop, poop, pee, poop. Poop. <laughs> so it's come to this. <laughs> <laughs> Betty poop. <laughs> Betty Brain poop of, just. Grain <laughs> of truth died today <laughs> uh, from pooping. But Tragedy grain of poop struck. rose from its ashes. Like a fiery phoenix of poop. poop. Before we find out who won today's show, it's now time to reveal the answer to our Grain of Truth Connection Challenge. Firstly, did anyone on the panel get the connection between heroes, monsters, the zoo, and classic film? 
was it Cry of the Werewolf? Uh, why would it be Cry of the Werewolf? <laughs> well, uh, why? <laughs> why? I'm not that aggressive. <laughs> why? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it might be. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, dear. So much for I being adorable. I, I'm going to yeah. say I'm going to say the uh, the island of Dr. Moreau. Okay, well, yeah. uh, I, uh, yeah. it does combine all that. Yeah. Uh, the connection, I actually, and I actually quite like both of those. I, I didn't actually think of either. So give a big round of applause, all the Scott. Uh, the connection I had was Hercules, in fact, uh, ah. for mine. Uh, Hercules is an iconic figure in ancient history times. Hercules is the Roman name for the Greek hero Heracles. Um, and he was the son of Jupiter. Heracles was the son of Zeus. Don't combine your Romans and your Greeks. Uh, and the mortal Racist. alchemy. <laughs> uh, he had to complete the 12 labors of Hercules, which included battles with monsters and the zoo. Uh, to slay, He had to slay the Lernian Hydra, which is the monster, and capture the Cretan bull, which, fun fact, would be the lover of uh, Pasiphae, the daughter of Helios the son, and would give birth to the Minotaur. He also had to clean poop. He did, he did indeed, indeed. I feel like if it was in a zoo, it's not that hard to catch. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, it was, the, it was the easy one. They ran out of ideas after right, a while. Fair uh, that bull over there. It was just a field. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's been so many films about Hercules from the 1958 classic starring Steve Reeves oh. and Sylvia Kashina, but lesser known is the 1962 short film about Hercules' labours the first film by director Werner Herzog, where the plot is this. The film starts with shots of young male bodybuilders working out in a gym, posing on a stage and flexing their muscles. Each of the labors are then announced by on-screen text in the form of a question, followed by related scenes of modern challenges intercut with the bodybuilders. The audio track of the film is saxophone jazz and sounds from the gym. How many times have you watched that? Uh, <laughs> It's, I'm playing it right now. Um, <laughs> so, what, are the, what are the sounds from the gym? Uh, I, I don't know. Just the, 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 the just people go, ooh, ah. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand how gyms work. Would you like a protein bar? <laughs> that's that's $2.50. <laughs> it's German. It's Werner Herzog after all. Yeah. Are you a German vending machine? Yes. <laughs> Put your, German, the, put the your the money in me now. Talk, Klaus. Yeah, well, I was looking forward to the Belgian version. The Belgian version. The Belgian. Belgian can bite my big German ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Boffins, if you can determine from your work and who has won the Lonely Carbon? Yes, we can, David. The winner of the Lonely Carbon this week is Mr. Liam Amor. <laughs> well deserved, well deserved. Thank you, everyone, thank you. And uh, what are you going to do with your carbon? I'm going to drive it away and just, just um, I'm going to love it, love it. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's the end of the program, and I hope you enjoyed it. You can come and see the recording on the first day of the month at 1pm at the Wesleyan. Our website is www.greatoftruth.com.au. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash greatoftruthshow, and on Twitter at greatoftruths. It allows me to thank our battle, Rob Lloyd, Scott McAteer, Michelle Nussie, and Liam Amor, our of the week, Brennan Jelly, to theme music composed by Matthew Hancock, the Rage Fight, Michael Bellavoro Studios, our logo designer, Tom Markovich, Sam Rosero, I'm a petite properties manager, set dress, and official pump editor, Asher Cameron, our venue at the Wesleyan. I've been your host, David. Have a splendid day! This has been a thick and meaningful production. <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs>